Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. This is episode number 496 and the release date of this episode is February 1st, 2020. Well, I hope all of you have had a good couple weeks since my last episode and uh, this time I want to talk about two primary subjects. I want to talk about church security because a few weeks ago I was involved in doing a training exercise for about four hours on a Saturday afternoon. I was doing some consulting and training with a local church security team and I also got a chance to actually play the bad guy in a simulation for this particular church security team. And it was quite revealing and quite interesting. So I want to kind of give you a review on that, an after-action review. I had several listeners send me an email and uh, Facebook me asking me to to do this review on it. So I'm, I'm happy to do it. That'll be coming up here shortly. Then I'll talk about the SIG P365 that I recently purchased and that I've been carrying a lot lately. And again, it's a gun I waited two years to buy, but I'm really liking it. And I'm really seeing some of the benefits of it. And I know some of you are probably going to say, come on, Bob, where you been? You've been sleeping. That gun's been out for two years. I know the gun has been out for two years. Um, and I purposely waited a couple years to buy this thing because I had my doubts about it at first. I have to be very much uh, frank and, and candid about this. I, I had my doubts about it. I liked the concept of the gun, but there was just way too many problems that were being reported. And now I think after a couple of years, uh, SIG's got this thing nailed. And it seems to me to be one of the absolute best concealed carry guns on the market that you can buy right now. And I'm going to talk about that. And I'm going to explain that and kind of give you my opinion on that. Let me remind you that this show is sponsored by Concealment Solutions, makers of fantastic concealed carry holsters. As a matter of fact, for my P365, I got a Cobra Compact outside the waistband holster from Concealment Solutions. And for many years now, I've been using Concealment Solutions products uh, with rare exception. And the only other holster that I use are keeper's holsters. I use a occasionally a uh, keeper's holster for my Glock 19 and a keeper's errand holster for my Glock 43 and 43X. But most of the time I'm carrying outside the waistband, which you don't hear a lot of people talk about that these days, do you? Think about it. How many... When's the last time that you heard somebody say, I'm carrying outside the waistband? I don't know why people, more people don't do it. Because with the right holster, there's no problem carrying outside the, the, the waistband. As a matter of fact, a, a good holster like the Cobra by Concealment Solutions, it, it holds, its, it holds the, the gun so close to your body. Somebody asked me by email, a listener sent me an email and by the way, if you want to email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. And in that message, the listener asked me, could I, could I talk a little bit about holsters for the P365? 
And so I sent him an email right back talking about the Cobra outside the waistband. And there's not a lot of difference between this holster and an inside the waistband holster. An outside the waistband is so much more comfortable and so much faster. An outside the waistband Kydex holster that's built well and works well and is, is built customized for your gun. It's fast. It's a fast draw. A lot of people talk about how fast appendix carry is. Outside the waistband strong side carry is also very fast. And it makes it so much easier to get to your gun even from concealment with a concealment cover garment over it. And coming out of that Kydex holster, especially the small guns, the small guns coming out of an outside the waistband, well-built Kydex holster. Wow, man, that's fast. I got to tell you, it's slick, it's fast, it's easy, it's comfortable. What is not to like? So I'll talk a little bit about that and uh, kind of give you some of my reviews and thoughts on that. So, let me get into church security. A church in South Texas recently, and I'm not really going to mention the name because I'm going to probably divulge too much information that they would not want me to share if I actually gave you the name. But they're, they're not too far from San Antonio, about a 20-minute drive. They asked me and Ben Branham. Uh, ben Branham from the Modern Self-Protection Podcast, a podcast that if you don't listen to, you need to listen to. Ben. So they asked me and Ben to come down and spend a Saturday morning with them. And uh, they fed us lunch afterwards, which is always a plus. This is something I did not get paid for. It's something I did because I wanted to, because I was asked to do it. And I was glad to do it and volunteer, just like all of the members of the church security team. They're all volunteers, non-paid. I'm just going to go ahead and, and emphasize the importance of this we all know about the church shooting in white settlement texas near dallas at a church there where jack wilson emerged as the hero because he made a headshot probably at around something like 15 yards and took the bad guy out during a live church service and i think that pretty much underlined and underscored the importance of this to everybody. So I don't need to go into that. But let me tell you about my experience there. So I did a few things. First of all, I sat through their orientation and I sat through the beginning of their training session and kind of understood what it was that they wanted to accomplish you know, they, they wanted to get more organized and they wanted to get more precise and they wanted to get ready for different scenarios. And I think by the time Ben and I got done with them, they were they were pretty much ready with for a lot of different things. Now, remember, Ben and I have had extensive training, uh, probably more so Ben than myself. But I spent a few years as an instructor and I also got a lot of training. Probably I'm going to take an estimate, eh, probably about 250 hours of training. Uh, in my career and probably another couple hundred hours of of teaching so in a lot of hours of competition shooting and things like that but let's put the competition shooting aside for a second let's talk about you know the training so I was able to kind of give them some surprises really as uh, being a bad guy some things that they probably didn't think about 
And we were using, you know, the blue training guns, and we were using uh, CERT pistols, which do nothing but fire a laser, so you can see where where you're pointing and, and, and where where you're shooting and where your sights are aligned and, and just what, what what's happening when you press that trigger. CERT pistols are great. So that's what we were using. And we were very safe. We made sure that there was no ammunition in the building, that everybody was safe. Matter of fact, we zip-tied everybody's handguns. Uh, ben brought a, an AR-15, and we, <clears throat> excuse me, we disabled that so, so that it could not fire any kind of real ammunition. And, and we went to work. And after sitting through their orientation, and learning what they wanted to accomplish, some classroom stuff in the beginning. Then we went to work. And there was one scenario where Ben entered through a side door of the church with his AR-15. Entered through a side door. And uh, it was interesting to watch the reactions of the church security members. I got to say, these guys were good. They were good. They've practiced before. And it was quite evident in the beginning that they practiced before. I was wondering what I was going to see. You know, was I going to see a bunch of people who were kind of lost inside that church, trying to be security members, but they were lost and didn't know what to do? No, uh, that's not what I saw. Quite refreshing. I saw guys that were, that were, they knew what, they knew what was going on. They, they seemed to really have done this before. They've thought through this before. They had their assigned positions. They had their assigned roles, you know, that they had to play. They were organized. We, we threw some curves at him. When Ben came in through the side door with his AR, uh, I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, their preparedness level was probably about a 6.5, maybe a 7. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it, it better than I thought it was going to be. And it was interesting to watch the chaos go on. And even if, even though it was a simulation and it wasn't real, people's adrenaline, it was easy to see, just really went sky high, including mine. I was in the building, but I was not right in the middle of where Ben was coming in with his AR-15. But I was in the building, and all of a sudden, boy, my adrenaline just jumped up. I kind of got this uh, this like natural hit of speed when he came in. It was like, okay, game on. This is, this is, this is, you know, it's, it's ready go time. And I thought to myself just for a second, if this is how I feel during practice, during simulation, when I really know it's not real, I'm probably going to have 10 times the adrenaline if and when it's real. And again, I hope that that day never comes. I've said it many times. I don't go looking, looking for trouble. But sometimes trouble finds me. And, and sometimes, and I hate to say it, it's a sad thing. We all don't want to admit, do we, that in our, our houses of worship could not be safe anymore. We don't want to admit that, but it's true. It's true. And, and if you don't want to admit that, I would say that there's, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Huh? What has to happen in the world to get you to realize that, that evil exists. And it'll strike anywhere. And it'll also strike. It could strike at your church. So. Uh, but but they they eventually took men out. Before, before he was able to do too much damage. 
with the AR-15. But if I was if I was guessing and estimating, I'd say I'd say a few people got injured or died before they were able to take take Ben out. And then we then we moved the exercises into the sanctuary, and um, you know I was I was sitting in the chairs just acting like a normal member of the congregation worshiping, and I didn't give them any warning. Like a, like a bad guy is not going to give you any warning, but all of a sudden I you know I got out of my chair with my my concealed Glock 19 blue gun, and I started moving and shooting a lot all over that congregation, and I was able to, in my estimate, do some pretty da- pretty good damage before they took me out. They finally took me out. And again, it's all simulation, so you have to kind of use your best judgment to, to know when you're taken out. But one of the things that I did that I wanted to do that they didn't really expect, I don't think, I made myself a moving target and a fast-moving target. Now, I know how to shoot on the move. You have to ask yourself a question. Can you think the bad guy is going to know how to shoot on the move? Maybe, maybe not. You know, don't forget bad guys get training too. They get training on the streets. They get they get fight training on the streets. And they they often train with other bad guys. Some do, some don't. The guy in White Settlement, Texas with the fake beard and the trench coat and and all that and the wig. I don't know. It did when I look at that video, it does not look like he got any bad guy training. It really doesn't. It doesn't look like he got one minute of bad guy training. But it doesn't mean that the next bad guy won't have bad guy training. So think about that. So I have good guy training, but for this simulation, I turned my good guy training into bad guy activities. So by making myself a moving target, I made myself pretty hard to shoot. And what was interesting was here I am running through a crowd of people in the church other congregation members. I'm running through the aisles and the pews firing my fake handgun and who knows how many people I would have injured or killed before I was taken out. So here's my message in this. If you're on a church security team or if you're doing any kind of security and think about this, even if you're concealed carrying your handgun you're now a security member. You're providing your own security and the security of any of the loved ones that are with you. Would you agree with me on that? I hope so. You have to practice. What's going to happen if you have to shoot a moving target? That, By the way, that happens to be shooting other people or shooting at you. So the bad guy's moving and the bad guy's shooting at you. This is force on force training. And if you've never taken on if you've never taken force on force training, take force on force training. Take it more than once. And I, you know, you guys have heard me talk endlessly about about competition shooting. This is why one of the reasons I one of the big values of competition shooting. You get to shoot on the move and occasionally you get to shoot moving targets. But in a training class, a good training class, 
You should be learning how to shoot at moving targets. If you go to a training class that's nothing but paper targets that are standing still all the time and you're not being forced to move, then I question the real value of that training class because it's really not, it's not reality. And even if you make yourself move and shoot while you're on the move, that's far more challenging than just standing there and shooting at a stationary target because I'm here to tell you folks that's not how it's going to go down it's likely not how it's going to go down I'm not saying it's impossible but it's unlikely both people are going to stand perfectly still and shoot at each other which is what so many people do at a shooting range or even at a training class some training classes and I don't know why some instructors don't teach real moving and shooting and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Take two steps to the left, draw your handgun, and fire. That's not shooting on the move. That's just changing your position. <laughs> That's just moving from point A to point B. And what I see a lot of people do is they're standing at point A. They quickly move over to point B, stand still again, plant their feet, and then draw their gun and shoot. Well, you're still a stationary target when you do that. Uh Chances are the bad guy's probably not going to do what you just did. Stand at point A, go to point B, and start shooting. The bad guy is going to be moving quickly, swiftly, very fast. Because think about it. He doesn't want to get shot. He doesn't want to get shot. Uh, and, you know, we, we've all heard the, the, the saying that good guys with guns stop bad guys with guns. But good guys with guns got to know what they're doing. And, and they have to be well trained and they got to be yet they have to practice doing this so it was quite interesting I was surprised actually myself how how much this was a big education for me how much damage I was able to do inside that church sanctuary by moving quickly fast and in fact one person in the security team made the comment he said when we when we were debriefing afterwards he said I didn't know Bob Main could move that fast. <laughs> oh yeah, because because you know I'm a I'm a, I'm a late middle aged guy, cancer survivor, and so I don't move as fast as I used to. And I think people probably haven't seen me that know me haven't haven't seen me move that fast in a while. But I purposely decided I was going to get my body on the move fast, and I was going to surprise them, and, and I think I did. But I think that's that's a good lesson in probably how 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 it's going to go down, and even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't, if you have that kind of training, it's it's going to be nothing but help for you, even if the bad guy is stationary. Your hours and your practice that you put in making yourself a moving target and shooting at moving targets, let me tell you, it is going to pay off even if that's not the scenario. So, let's see, what else can I tell you? The leader, the leader, uh, I know he's listening. And I'm just going to say his name, his first name, Alan. Alan, let me tell you, you did a great job. You, you did a fantastic job. You are an excellent leader of this church security team. You are organized. You know what you're doing. You, you have your plan well thought out. You have everybody else on your church security team well well versed and and you have roles for them you have a plan the great thing about this church security team is that they have a plan 
They have a plan. I was quite impressed. Uh, I would venture to guess a lot of security teams don't have a plan. They don't have a, a clear plan and a clear objective. They don't have roles to play. They they probably have. I would venture to guess they probably have not put in as many hours of training as this particular. I'm not saying that this is the best secure, uh, church security team on the planet. I'm just saying they're one of the good ones, and they're one of the good ones for for a very important reason, and that is I can tell that they train. Plus, they're all very dedicated. And they all seemed, I don't know for sure because I didn't have a chance to interview them, but they all seemed to have more experience than just their concealed carry permit. You want to know what bugs me a little bit when when I find out and I hear things like, I'm a member of our church's security team. And then I find out later, the only training they've ever had is they sat through their state-required concealed carry license training, if their state requires them. A lot, a lot of states right now don't even have a training a requirement. So, you know, I bet a lot of church security teams in states where there's no training requirement, they don't even have the experience of sitting through a concealed carry class, which, by the way, is not real training. A concealed carry class is just simply not real training. But these guys, these guys here in South Texas at this church, 20 minutes from my house here in San Antonio, maybe 25-minute drive, uh, they've got some practice and training beyond just getting their CCW licenses. Uh, one was former law enforcement. I think a couple were former military. Uh, I'm not saying that just because they're former law enforcement or former military, I'm not saying that made them good because it doesn't automatically make somebody good and know what they're doing. Sorry, no offense to law enforcement, no offense to ex-military. I love all of you. You guys are great. I love cops. I love ex-military or active military servicemen and women. Thank you so much for what all of you do. I have trained some of you. I have trained some former military uh, and even active military and former law enforcement individuals. And some of them are flat out good. And some of them are not any good. So I'm not saying it automatically makes them good. It just means that that's what they did in, in their in their past life. And uh, I, I don't mean past life. I don't mean that somebody had... I don't believe somebody had had lives before. I don't believe in that reincarnation garbage. But what I'm saying is in a past career life but these these guys in this church security team that they, they the law enforcement guy the former law enforcement guy he was he was awesome he was awesome and, and a couple guys that were in the military they were they were, they were pretty well awesome uh, well well awesome <laughs> that's not even a correct english term they these guys these guys had it going on let me just tell you that and again thanks to their leader and thanks to their own dedication and practice and training and so it was a kind of it was a really good experience first of all it was good just to be around people like that that just good patriotic americans freedom loving and they believed in they they believe that they have a duty they believe that they have a calling to protect and and to put themselves on the line that's the other thing these guys were willing to put their lives on the line and at risk 
to be a member of this church security team. So I have a question for you. Are you, if, if you're on a church security team or any security volunteer, volunteer security team, are you willing to put your life on the line like that? You, you have to answer that question. And I would say if you're not, resign your position and let somebody else take over that is willing to do that. Because you have to be. You have to be willing to do that. We also practiced, you know, what to do once the bad guy is down. What what actions do you take? And again, I don't want to divulge too much, but we did some exercises on how to disarm the bad guy if he's not already disarmed once he's down and what to do and then how to secure the area after that and what to do about screaming crazy people that are freaked out because a a shooting just happened and and how to handle them and what to do what to do when chaos ensues afterwards this is all stuff that you have to be able to to know because even after you take the bad guy down there's a lot more work to do a whole lot more work to do and then what do you do before police get to the scene and again how do you handle the chaotic people that are creating a mob and a scene you know because because so many of them are sheep and don't know what to do or haven't thought about it and you know you have to remember all if not all almost all of the people in that church when something like this something bad like this happens and something goes down some violent active shooter starts all or most of those people in that church do not know what to do they have not thought about it they have not thought about it they don't have a plan they don't know what to do and so you as a security church security member you're going to have to take charge you're going to have to be the boss you're going to have to take charge you're going to have to be able to teach train and instruct people on what to do during the chaos and that is very important because you don't want people getting hurt or losing their lives after the bad guy is down because they don't know what to do. So quite a revealing uh, exercise. I'm so glad I did it. I would like to do it again. I'm going to reach out to Alan and ask him if I can be, if he doesn't mind, if I can become a part of another uh, security training exercise for that church because I learned a lot too. I learned a lot, and one of the things I did not get to do is play the role of a person on a security team. I would like to do that because it would be quite educational, quite revealing for me, and it would teach me something to do. And I, I love to learn. I love to learn. you got to be able to love to learn, folks, and uh, your mind has got to be like a parachute. It works best when it's open, right? And it, you you got to have an open mind about things. You, you have to be willing to understand that you don't know everything. And the more you know, the more you know that you need to know. Think about that. The more you know, the more you know that you need to know. So with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conclude the segment here about church security. And I'm going to take a brief break. And when I come back from the break i'm going to talk about the sig p365 let me mention if you want to call in a voicemail into the handgun world podcast you can do so by dialing 210-646-1726 i mean 1727 
210-646-1727. I'm having a hard time getting that number out. 210-646-1727. And I would like to put you on the show. And I'd like to answer your question. If you have a question, if you just have a general comment, that's fine. As long as it's clean and it's meaningful, I'm going to put you on the Handgun World podcast. All right, just a quick break and stay tuned for the next segment. Well, yeah, it's getting tough out there. Yeah, no doubt. I work in home invasions mostly. Uh, Some murder, uh, occasional rape, uh, and I'm a huge advocate of gun control. Absolutely. Uh, Competition is stiff, and it, it doesn't help that every time I kick in a door or smash a window that I face the possibility of being shot and killed. Listen, the fact is, allowing citizens to own guns creates a hostile work environment for me and my associates. Uh, no one should have to work under, under those conditions. Uh, I say make them all illegal, absolutely. Make all gun ownership illegal. I mean, I break the law for a living. I'm a professional, so it doesn't really bother me. <clears throat> I mean, but personally, knowing that most homeowners don't have guns, uh, that would make me a lot more comfortable, uh, more confident, and it would surely increase productivity. No doubt. No doubt. Your local violent criminals work hard and put their lives on the line every time they attempt to murder, rape, abduct, or assault a member of the citizenry. They desperately need your help. With your support, there may finally come a day when a violent criminal can have his way with you or someone you love without the fear, anxiety, and stress caused by knowing there's a possibility his victim might be armed. Please show your support by voting for stronger anti-gun legislation because criminals prefer unarmed citizens. All right, back with you. Thanks for hanging in there with me. So, let's talk about my P365 made by Sig Sauer. I have owned this now I think a little over three months and I've been carrying it nearly every day in that Cobra outside the waistband holster that I told you about from Concealment Solutions earlier in the show it just it feels comforting having a small gun like that with 10 rounds in it so far I have not purchased any 12 round magazines yet Uh, I'm going to do so it I've never really been a big fan of putting larger magazines in a small concealed carry gun because it it makes the gun significantly larger. And so my thought process is, why do I want to do that? If I want to carry a pistol with more than 12 rounds in it, then I'll I'll carry my Glock 19 or I'll carry my M&P 2.0 compact. Or I'll, I'll get some of those really hard-to-find 15-round magazines from my Glock 48 or my 43X, which I understand are nearly impossible to find, but 
one day I'll get my hands on those and there'll be no need if I want to carry 15 rounds I can I can use those magazines there'll be no need to go to a, a bigger gun and you know I'm not going to be enlarging the gun by getting those magazines I don't understand why people it's like people that you know would carry a Glock 26 and then uh put a 19 round magazine I mean a, a Glock 19 15 round magazine in it why the grip's the hardest part of the gun to conceal why do you want to do that instead of just putting a humongous magazine in a Glock 26 for example just carry a Glock 19 or I, I think this philosophy carries to any pistol any brand of pistol I just so, but the fact that I can get, I think I'm pretty sure SIG, right? They make, they make the 12 round magazines for the P365 that are not much larger than the 10 rounders that come with the pistol. Now, I'm all about that. That's good. I think that's a good idea. If it does not significantly enlarge the handgun, I think that's a good idea. Now, I know the P365 XL is real popular right now. I haven't got one of those. I did get a chance to dry fire and handle one of those at a gun store, even though I think the gun is really cool. Once again, I'm thinking to myself, why do I want to carry a gun this small and then make it larger? And, and you think about the XL. The XL, the grip length is the grip length is significantly larger than a P365. And so again, you're you're moving to the larger gun phase. And you might as well again just carry something that is a true 15 or 16 round pistol and and go that route. So I don't know. I don't know about the 365 XL. Maybe maybe not. I like I think it's cool that that it's already set up to accept a red dot. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a good concept. Um, and I think that's that's pretty good. Uh, that's one thing. That's kind of one thing I don't like about the P365 is it. It's not going to be probably that easy if I want to put a small red dot. Uh, not impossible. I'm I'm sure I'm going to have to send it off to somebody. So that's one attractive thing about the the P365 XL. And there's a lot of there are a lot of manufacturers like that that are making small guns that are already set up and equipped for mounting a red dot of your choice on the gun and I think that's awesome and there's some good red dots out there now for a reasonable price I'm kind of interested in some of the Holosun products Holosun or Holosun whatever however the pronunciation is I'm probably messing that up but those Holosun uh, red dots they seem you know for for what is $350 or less they the, the reports on those and the reviews on those are they look pretty good and then, of course, you know, SIG has is, is got guns that you can purchase that are already set up for the SIG red dots. And I've been hearing good things about those. And the P365XL, uh, I believe that they're now being sold with red dots on them. But this 365 is really, it's, it's starting to impress me. It really is. Because I like the fact I got 11 rounds in that pistol. And when I when I grab when I when I grab that gun when I grip it, I can get a full firing grip on that gun, and it's comfortable. And there's no big gap between the magazine extension and the uh, rest of the grip. 
Some guns that have that gap in there, then, then it starts to pinch my finger. It starts to pinch my pinky, and I don't like that. That's irrit- excuse me, it's irritating, and it's, um, it's no fun to shoot. And these small guns, I think you've got to pick a small gun that you enjoy shooting. And I enjoy shooting the P365. I really do. Um, it shoots, I enjoy shooting it better than my Glock 43. And I actually enjoy shooting it better than a shield pistol. Now, I've been a big fan of the shield. Uh, and I still think the shields are fabulous guns. Smith & Wesson, M&P shield. But I would say the 365 by SIG is probably better. You're going to pay more, but it's better. The night sights on it are fantastic. Night sights out of the box that you don't have to add. I really like that also. I like guns that have good quality night sights right out of the box when you purchase the gun that you don't have to add. Uh, It's one of the things I've never liked about Glocks is that you got to spend some extra money putting some quality night sights on them. Except for the Gen 5 G19s, when you can find them that have the, uh, I believe it's called, they're called the Ameriglow Bold sights. The, the excellent Ameriglow orange front dot night sights on them. Now that's, that's excellent if you can find those. By the way, on my uh, Glock 43, I put uh, Ameriglow Hackathorn sights on them with an orange front d- front sight, orange dot front night sight. Fantastic for that little gun. So, again, this pistol, the grip feels fantastic on the P365. I can reach all the controls. I can release, reach the slide release and the magazine release easily. Uh, I can reload the gun easily. The trigger is real good. Uh, what I like about the, th- the P365 is you don't have to do anything to it. You don't have to make any modifications to it. Straight out of the box, it's ready to go. It's got what you need to defend your life. It's got good quality sights, good quality night sights with a green front dot that's easy to see. It's got decent capacity magazines for a small gun. Remember, again, it's a small gun. And I've gotten used to it. When I first tried the P365, it was too small. It felt too small for my hands. And it's just because I hadn't gotten used to it. It was really, it was a couple of years ago, shortly after they first came out. And I went to a range, once a range had a rental P365. And I shot 100 rounds through it. And I was comparing it to a shield. And uh, the shield's significantly larger than a P365. And lower capacity, by the way. The shield's larger, doesn't hold as many rounds. So when comparing it to the shield, you know, I guess one of the mistakes I did is I shot 100 rounds through a shield 9mm, and then I shot another 100 rounds through the P365, and I thought to myself, ah, this thing's tiny. It's small, too small for my hands. And still, I got rather long fingers, so my, my hand completely wraps around that P365 and then some. But I've learned the technique uh, with big hands shooting a small gun like that. And I thought, I thought that it was going to hurt my hands, and I'm finding out that it doesn't. So, again, I'm, I, you know, and, I, and it carries so well. Uh, when it's fully loaded, it, it, it doesn't weigh too much. That's one thing, you know, when I fully load 
a Glock or when I fully load an M&P 2.0 compact or even when I fully load a shield. It's kind of heavy. It's kind of heavy. By the way, I don't know if you if you know this. Take a shield, uh, either, either version, 1.0 or 2.0. They're the same size. And put the 8-round magazine in that pistol and then hold it up against the Glock 19. You'll see that the grip length is exactly the same as a Glock 19. Barrel's a little bit shorter, but really it's kind of like a... And then, and then take that shield and hold it up against a Glock 48. And you'll see they're almost... <laughs> they're nearly the same size, except the 48's just got a little bit longer barrel. Hold a shield up, to, up next to a Glock 43X. And it's the same gun by different manufacturers. Except the Glock 43X has a 10-round mag. The shield's only got an 8-round. Unless you buy modified mags. And I don't want to do that. But the P365... With the 10-round magazines, I know I'm not giving you any news here. We've all known this for two years. But I, now that I'm confident that the, gun, that the gun is reliable, I have the latest version of the P365, and I've only given it about a 200-round trigger job, but so far, so good. So far, so good with my 200-round trigger job. Uh, I'll be more satisfied when it's got a 1,000-round trigger job. And uh, it's not going to see full-time carry until it's got a 1,000-round trigger job. But I'm okay. I'm okay. I, I'm confident that if I have to defend my life with this pistol, that it's going to work. And it's going to work enough for me to get the job done. So, uh, well, let's see. What else can I say about this thing? Um, the ergonomics are fantastic. Oh, they got the grip texture right. SIG got the grip texture right. Even though it's winter here in South Texas, it's still pretty warm. We had some 72-degree weather last week. Sorry to all my friends up in the northern U.S. or in Canada that are listening to this. Sorry. Here it is late January, and we got 72-degree weather, and you're suffering with all that stuff that I used to live in up there in Wisconsin. All that sub-zero stuff and uh, weather in the teens and all that garbage. But So I hate to rub it in. But even so, even though we got high 60s and 70s here, uh, sometimes I, I don't wear an undershirt when I conceal carry. And the grip texture on that P365 does not chew up my skin as badly as, let's say, the grip texture on the M&P 2.0 series. Um, although the M&P 2.0 series is nice to shoot with that grip texture, you better wear a t-shirt or something as an, as an undergarment up against your skin because that gun will just chew up your skin. And some of the other guns on the market uh, will do the same thing. I will compliment the Gen 5 series Glocks. Their texture is not too rough. Neither is the P365. I will say that the M&P 2.0 series, their texture is a little too rough unless you are wearing an undershirt. And when summertime comes and we have the opposite and we have 105 here in South Texas, I, I certainly don't like to always wear an undershirt. And so the P365 I think is going to get carried a lot by summertime 
because of that fact because it's so small it completely disappears you can't see it you can't see the p365 that i carry outside the waistband you can't see it if i were to carry it inside the waistband like a lot of you who are listening probably do if you own this gun nobody's ever going to see that thing nobody's ever going to see it i understand some people pocket carry the p365 um a little large for my liking to pocket carry, but but I see it can be done. You know, when I first started doing this podcast 10 years ago, by the way, when I first started doing the Handgun World podcast almost 11 years ago, uh, my favorite small gun at that time was a Car PM9. I, I still think the Car PM9 is a fantastic pistol. But I'll say the P365 is better. Better. The quality is just as good. The capacity is better. The triggers better. The sights out of the box are better. God, I love technology, don't you? Don't you love technology? Don't you love 2020, the age that we're in right now? I mean, no matter what it is, we're not, you know, we're talking firearms now, but anything. The technology of stuff is just getting better and better. And the advancements that that human ingenuity is making is just really good to see. And it's, it's a great time, especially if you're in the market for a firearm. I, I don't think you could ever pick a better time to be in the market for a firearm than 2020. I think it's the best, absolute best time. So... I'm really liking it. I'm really liking it. Uh, a second P365 might be in my future just because when I get a favorite of a gun, I like to have two of each. I have two Glock 19s. I got a couple MMP 2.0 compacts. I got a couple of small Glocks. And uh, I think I'm going to want two P365s. A couple of Shield 2.0s. I mean, the Shields, a 1.0 and a 2.0. So anyway, uh, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, what are your thoughts? I'd like to hear from some P365 owners out there, especially if you own one of the latest versions of it, one of the newest versions. Uh, you can send me an email, handgunworld at gmail.com. You can get on Facebook. Every time I do a show, I start a thread on Facebook about it. So you can get on Facebook or you can uh, call, call in the voicemail, 210 646 1727 all kinds of ways i'd like to hear from you uh next episode i i'm going to have an interview but i'm also going to talk about some emails that i've recently received i do get a lot of emails i read everyone i want you to know i do read every email that i get from you and of course i listen to every voicemail that i get from you and nearly every voicemail will make the show. I can't say that everyone will, but almost everyone. But I'm going to be talking about some of the uh, listener feedback a little bit more in the next episode that's coming out February 15th. I'm going to have an interview that I'm planning now anyway. Hopefully, if, if the interview goes as according to plan, uh, it's going to be a good one. I hope all of you had a chance to listen to my last episode with Brent Yamamoto on pistol ground fighting. And for you Shooters Club members... Uh, special treats on the Shooters Club for you right now. 
a special podcast on pistol ground fighting by Brent Yamamoto. And of course, Spencer Keepers contributed some exclusive information that uh, I don't have anywhere else. And uh, when he was on last time, he gave us some, some a good interview for the Shooters Club. So now's a good time to join. There's some good new stuff up there. Plus, over 80 podcasts and videos, seven $75 a year, $8 a month. Go to ShootersClubMembers.com. There's a link in the show notes to find the Shooters Club. At HandgunWorld.com, you can find the Shooters Club. $75 a year, $8 a month. Fantastic content. And by the way, you help support me and Ben Branham doing our shows because it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort, and it takes some costs up front to put out these shows. So we'd like your support, and uh, if it helps you, that would be great. All right, with all that said, that's that's pretty much the end of this episode. And I, I think I think I've given you some stuff to think about and, uh, and to react to. Again, I'd like to get some listener participation because this show is all about you the listener i'm planning some good stuff for episode 500 coming up in a couple of months i'm going to get some of the most influential people who have interviewed on the handgun world podcast and i'm i'm inviting them back for a special interview on my 500th episode so get ready episode 500 is probably going to be a long one but there's going to be a lot of really good stuff from some good people who have been really solid, influential contributors to the Handgun World podcast. With all that said, folks, I'm Bob Main. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. And once again, thanks for listening. Remember the loudest sound that a shooter hears is a bang when he's expecting a click or a click when he's expecting a bang. Shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.